This is Tracy. And this is Kurt. And this is the MFG cast. everybody welcome non-binaries ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the mfg cast in color no not really you can't see it you're only listening to it but this episode we're gonna they are with their ear balls so this episode we're gonna be talking about how we've grown as board gamers and podcasters kind of a look into you know how when you first started off gaming you know, you don't really know very much, especially in this hobby, this more hardcore hobby of collecting and being more into designers and stuff like that and companies. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about. And I hope you agree. Yeah, we we realized as we were doing stuff this weekend, how more in the know or how more aware we've become. Mm-hmm. So that's what we wanted to focus on yeah, this time. Definitely. Before that, let's talk about what we've been playing recently. Um, just before we recorded, or just after we re-recorded last episode, we got to play a couple of games with Logan, and it was nice to bring out some oldie but goodies and stuff like that. So what were some of the things that we played? We played Camel Up. That's right. By Z-Man Games. Right, the old first edition. Yeah, and first edition meaning hot off the press our first time at Gen Con. Yeah, way back in 2015. Holy smokes. Yeah, so this was a game that I think people really had to have. It was like a hot ticket item maybe when we were at Gen Con that year. Mm-hmm. And obviously we had to have it too. Apparently we had to have it so much that it sat on our shelf for five years. <laughs> Before we played it again. Yeah. So but Logan we, wasn't even familiar with this game. Yeah. Well, he was like four at the time that we had. He it. was, but it, but it means that we haven't played it. In a long time, yeah. <laughs> Is since yeah. then. And he, we might have played it with him. He probably just doesn't remember any of it because it's been so long. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So we decided we just wanted to play something different. And so we brought this one to the table. And he seemed a little bit hesitant at first. And then as we started playing, he's like, Oh man, I like this game. I want to play it again. Yeah, I think he's he's the he's the kind of kid that's a he doesn't he judges a book by its cover because he'll look at something and he'll be like, I don't know if I really like it. And then when we play, then he's finally like, Oh, okay, I really did like this. Well, and I think part of it is too if we have to reference the uh, the rules because we haven't played it in a long time, he wants to be have nothing to do with it yeah i think he's just wants to get into it and get playing instead of yep. waiting to so learn. he wants us to be able to explain it to him with our words and not have to 
either learn the game or dive in with the rules a little bit and look at it. But since it had been so long since we played it, we literally had to read rule by rule to remember like what actions you take to be able to manipulate the camels on the track and collect coins and stuff like that. And he he kind of, you saw him kind of shutting down, but then then he realized the importance of us having to go through that. Yeah, because there's a lot of d- different decisions you have to make during the game. It's like there's different legs of the game that where wherever the stopping point is in that leg, you you can get coins depending upon if the if you pick the right camel to be in first or in second place. And then if you if you actually accidentally pick third or fourth or fifth in that leg, you can you actually have to give back a coin. So there's a lot of different things that you you know you really have to be on your toes and you have to be kind of thinking about certain things in this game. Otherwise, you could lose out on the game. Yeah, it's like a step by step, almost like a horse racing game, but they go by legs of the race instead for you to kind of strategize to basically guess who you want to win at the end. Yeah. And he decided he was going to pick who he thought would win right at the beginning. Yeah. And he had it. Yeah, which is which cool. Which you got, I think, eight points or eight something. Eight points, yeah. yeah. So, and what I think is cool about this game, too, is they're the dice yeah. um, pyramid. They have a pyramid that you drop the dice in the top of this pyramid and it shuts. And you can shake them around in this pyramid. And then you push a piece of it over and try to drop one of the dice out. The only thing that is kind of tough is that just dropping one die out of it versus multiple, but that determines which camel moves up on the leg of the race. Mm-hmm. But it's cool because you, if I remember right, you don't assemble it very much, or it's not too hard to assemble it or anything, but mm-hmm. it, it's cool because it adds a little a cool element to the game. Yeah, it's almost like a portable dice tower that you flip over and dump a die out. It's Mm-hmm. It's cool. I really you use like rubber it. bands to to kind of get that um, component to operate and things like that. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's nice to get that back to the table. I think he'll want that brought to the table more. And the the camel stack like animal uh, kind of reminds me of animal upon animal or something like that mm-hmm. too. Um, so I think it's cool. Yeah, any kind of stacking is fun. I always like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Another game we played, which is. Still, I'm still, I still don't know if I like this game, <laughs> which is funny because I like a lot of roll and rights and stuff like that. But uh, we played uh, Five Findin with, or Findin or whatever, with Logan. And he, at first, when he first started playing it, it seemed like he had a little bit of trouble. But as the game kind of progressed, he got better and better. And I even did better at it too, which is cool. But I don't know. Man, that game gives me a headache. <laughs> I just feel like trying to figure the right pieces in the right order and trying to get more points on your board is it's tough. I love this game. I don't know. Yeah. You really I don't do. have any I don't have anything else to yeah, say about it. Yeah. We've kind of talked about it in the past. It's you know, one of those polyomino games where you're just trying to find certain Tetris pieces on your board and you can't overlap and you can't use the same piece over and over again and you just try to get the same points round per round. But you have to use the the shapes that are on the die. On the die. Yeah, on the dice. Yep. To create these Tetris-like pieces, so mm-hmm. it makes it more challenging. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. It's a nice thinky game. Yeah. 
I'd like different. to yeah I'd like to play the other side where everyone's is different instead of the same just to see if like if that'll be a challenge to actually you know be able to get the certain ones that you want because I think with technically you could if you wanted to if you're not if you're got enough enough of a side eye if everyone's got the same board you can kind of look and be like what are they doing i can do that you know oh see and i I never never, look but they're never it's hard to even tell which direction people have the um stuff on yeah and i don't do that anyway because that's i think that's well obviously you don't because you sat next to me and you didn't win no it's true because you're always the big winner in this game that's probably why you like (laughs) it <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. But um I'm not uh, just kidding. I don't know what I yeah. was One of, one of the cha- one of the strategies that I found that I didn't do in the first play that we had of this game is that I actually took my board and I actually rotated it, physically rotated it to see what I could do instead of keeping it in one spot and going, "Okay, what can I do here?" Like it gave me more of a different perspective, so I was actually to score better. So I think that was a good strategy for that game. Yeah, so. I think that was good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, play that game. I like that game. <laughs> and then we played some other oldies but goodies. Me and Tracy played by ourselves. We uh, brought out the old uh, DC deck building game and played the expansion, The Old Ones, or The Old Gods, sorry. And uh, that was fun. It's a basically a good guys versus bad guys, the superheroes versus the supervillains. Uh, we played it two-player, but you can play it multiplayered. So you can play two on two. That would two. be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think so too, because it gives different, you know, pluses and minuses to your team basically, and you're what you're doing in this one, and it's you're trying to beat the other person's home world basically, and it goes up in value, so it's like nine, twelve, fifteen. But then you can also defend by using certain hero and superhero and supervillain cards for your spot and stuff like that and it, it's a cool twist on the dc deck building game which has mm-hmm. been out for quite a while yeah and they just provided uh they provide different main like super villain superheroes that you pick as your main character to represent you in playing the game also mm-hmm. which adds that a that additional element that the original game mm-hmm. has yeah. normally too yeah well it's cool because you can you know, just like these games, like you're 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 still technically like if we had more players, if we played two on two or three on three, we'd technically be on teams. But still, you still play to get the most victory points too. So it's like you want your team to win, but also you want to get more victory points than the last person. So it's it, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, lastly, another game that we pulled out that. Um, Boy, I can't even tell you the last time I played it. Probably when it first came out, we got the re-implementation of... Hi, Batista. We pl- <laughs> we played... him waving at you, this shaking of his ears. Exactly. We played the re-implementation of A Game of Thrones, the card game. More, ba- It was more based off of the um, original series of the A Game of Thrones. And designed by Eric Lang again. Picking, this is a game that was like, well, do we still want this in our collection? Let's try to, you know, grab it and see if we want to play it and see if we like it again. And uh, I really enjoyed it, except for the fact that I right away couldn't get out the characters to help fight right away. So in this game, basically, you're trying to, you're kind of trying to get the most prestige. I can't remember what they call it in this in this game, but 
the first person to 15 uh, wins the game. But you can, you know, do certain things like use use uh, money to get your characters out, get some locations out. Then also during the game, you could play like locations and or you could play events and other things to kind of keep each other or to boost your house. So you're doing the you're doing the Lannisters versus the Starks. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of building you can do with this card game and a lot of back and forth. And I really like how how well it was put through. And yeah, again, I haven't played this since it first came out in 2013, I think, with Mike. And I wanted to play it with you, and you thoroughly wiped the floor with me. That was frustrating, <laughs> but uh, it was still fun to get that to the table. Yeah, I could tell you were like, just please finish this game. Which is sad because it, again, it's it. I think that's another game where it's you know you just try to get as many characters out there as you can to kind of help fight because the characters are what basically kind of runs the game you can use the locations and stuff like that to help you but like if you don't have enough characters out there to fight then you're just gonna you can kill certain characters in this game and they're out of the game for the rest of you know they're out for the rest of the game unless you have a duplicate card but like man you just you just kept bringing out characters i couldn't kill you so you just kept running well and i had like two rows of things and i'm like do you have any characters out because is there anybody I can fight against? And you're like, no, you killed all my guys. <laughs> and I'm like, well, God, this is boring. Like, what do I yeah. do now? Well, and, you know, you can mix it up with plots, too. There's certain plots that you can pick, too, that kind of help yourself or kind of hurt the other team. And the and one of mine that kind of handcuffed me, too, is that it was one where each each side had to tap, basically, a character and you couldn't use them for that round so if i got one character out i'd have to tap it and then it nothing i couldn't do anything with it so it was just really frustrating because it was like okay i finally got you know tywin lannister out there and he's ready to fight or defend and then like oh i gotta tap him sorry i can't do anything with him so yeah so that was some of the things we got to the table um i we kind of wanted to get a little bit more to the table but our weekend kind of Got ahead of us and stuff like that. God, it's been going so fast. I know, but I don't hey, like it. it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about our main topic. So we kind of thought of this the other day when we were playing games because, you know, we were, um, or actually we were thinking about it more, I think, when we re-put all of our um, games together. And when we like to do it, we like to put them by vendor. When, when we... we... When we rearranged our games again, um, now we decided that we were going to go back to our roots, I should say. And what we had originally done prior to having the floor um, redone again was um, organizing alphabetically by publisher. Mm -hmm. So we decided that we wanted to do that again because it was really nice and it's nice with the podcast and with playing games because we can look at the publishers and we can see what games each publisher has and kind of what the the types of games that we have available to us from that publisher and those types of things Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like it it, it's a cool like oh look how far we've come you know and there's like the older games that we kind of grew up with that we've kept over time and then like there's games that's like oh wow we just like a lot of these are newer kind of things that we just got, you know, but we're, you know, 
we're really into them and we'll play them more and and then it also helps us go through them and go well you know this game we keep passing by this game you know maybe this is something we don't need anymore and we can we can um get rid of it for something you know to have room for something else eventually so right yeah so as we were putting them in we thought yeah we maybe need to to have another playthrough of this one to determine whether or not we want to continue to keep this one in our collection. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is something that we have grown kind mm-hmm. of into the hobby too, is not just keeping it to say we have X amount of games. Mm-hmm. We keep it because we want to play it. Mm-hmm. Not because we want to say that we have it. Yeah. Well, and plus it's cool because with this, with the collection that we've had and being able to do this podcast and stuff like that, it helps us with our knowledge of things. Like, you know, as we're putting these publishers together, you're like, oh, what's, you know, here's this game. Who's this done by? You know, and I'm like, that's Keymaster. And you're like, well, you know, what about this? You know, and then, but there, then there's also like, you know, it seems like Spiel owns like everything. You know, a lot of different games now and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of we publishers. With the Asmodee. Yeah, there's a lot of you know companies that absorb other companies. So it's like, okay, do we put it under, you know, this company or do we put it under the original company? You know, it's like because some of them have like three. Yeah, exactly. Or you look it up, and or like Camel Up is a great example, like. When I wanted to post it on Twitter, I'm like, so I'm going to post it on Z-Man. But I don't think Z-Man owns it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's Spiel, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And But the one we have is Z-Man. So then it's like, how do you identify that one? Yeah. You know, so we identify games how we wanted to. Like, we have Ascension. And it that originally started as Gary Games, but... We have another version of Ascension that doesn't list Gary games anymore. It lists lists like Stone Stoneblade games or something like that. So we decided these are our games. We're going to put them under whatever we want to. So going forward, we did Stoneblade games. Mm-hmm. Like, but I mean, geez. But I feel like as we were putting them out here, like we knew what games should go where and like I stopped for a minute and told Kurt, man, I would have never known this stuff before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should be proud <laughs> to know. You should. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember when, you know, I, you know, when we first started the podcast, like, like you were into board games, but you weren't into, you know, the hobby like this that much. You play something every once in a while, but then... You know, eventually you came to me and you're like, well, I just I just had a game night with some friends or whatever. We played um, we played Lords of Waterdeep and you're like, I want to get it all. Is it OK if I get Lords of Waterdeep? And I'm like, why are you asking me this question? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And then I think awesome. the next one was Valeria Card Kingdoms. Yeah, that's right. And then I was obsessed with it. Like I kept looking at it going, God, I really want to get this game. Mm-hmm. Can I get I really oh, I should would you play it? He's like, uh, duh, Mm -hmm. I would. Yeah. You know, but back then I wouldn't have known who made either one of those games. Yeah. Yeah. And nor did I, to be honest with you, nor did I care. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember, you know, you were, you would ask questions like, 
you know, where do I get this? You know, you're like, well, we can go on Amazon or we can go to their website. And you're like, I don't even know who makes this, you know? So it's like, oh, well, let's go to their, you know, we can always go to the website and see. Or is there, or should we go somewhere else? And then that's like the introduction to like miniature market Mm -hmm. or cool stuff, Inc. Mm -hmm. Or things like that where you can, you know, earn points and, or if you have a friendly local game store, which we really don't. Nope. Nope. That's the part that sucks. But, you know, we've also grown in the fact that we actually like know people in the hobby now that work at these places. And it's nice to be able to be like, you know what, you know, we, you know, let's, if we can't find it on, you know, a miniature market or Amazon or whatever, we'll go right to their website because we trust them as people and you know the hard work that they do so we'll get it from their website Mm -hmm. you know or if we go to a convention and we see that they have a booth and we play a game there and we know that they're awesome people because we got to talk to them about we got to talk to them about a certain game and then we can go you know what we played this game we really like it we're gonna go to the booth and you know purchase their game because we really enjoy it you know that's what uh one of the last experiences we had was um game hall con last year where we played god's forge and after god's forge i was like god this is so much fun you know i really want to get it you know and and you were like yeah let's get it you know we went to atlas games spot the uh, game hall con is in wisconsin but like they're from minnesota so it's not very far from from there so they were there and i don't know if it was you know the owner that was there of atlas games or you know someone that's you know, one of the higher ups there or whatever. He's like, yeah, he's like, we, I, you know, we told him like, we just played your game. And we really like it. We really want it. He's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, he's really thankful for that. You know, it was cool. And then he had, uh, I think they had like a giveaway or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember how that. Yeah, and then he, had, and then he just ended up giving us a game, and we're like, what? <laughs> we're like, that's awesome. You know, because they're. I mean, it's just. It's the community of people, mm-hmm. I think, and it's the hobby yeah. that everyone's just like, they want to, it goes back to prior episodes where, you know, people walked, where people would walk by when we're playing and be like, oh my God, what's that game? Or, oh my gosh, you're playing this game. Do you want me to teach you how to play it? Or, mm-hmm. you know, and I think in other hobbies that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it does. I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like. I feel like where we've grown a lot too. It's like we're 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 not we're maybe not that person that will go right up to somebody and be like, oh, you you know, do you know that game or what? We really like it. Can we teach you that kind of thing? But like we've like loaned out our games to like our friends and stuff like that. And we're like, well, yeah, you can. This is how you know how you can play it and stuff like that. And you know, if you don't, if you like that game, then maybe you'll like this, this, and this. You know, where like I think a lot of people when they listen to podcasts and they get recommendations from different different uh, people that do podcasts, like I think they just take it for granted that you know these people will know A, B, and C because you know that's kind of the job of the podcast to let you know what's what. But like there, you know, there are some people that you know just do their podcast a certain way and maybe don't know how to suggest other things they're just they're focusing on you know maybe we just talk about the rule books on games or maybe we just talk about the publishing side of things and like so there's you know different things with us doing this podcast and i like that we haven't had 
when we first started, we didn't label this podcast as one thing. You know, I really wanted it to be like, we could do anything with this. And we have, you know, we've done, you know, board game stuff. We did RPG stuff. We've done interviews. We've done like just fun stuff that we've just come up with. So it's, you know, it's cool how we've grown that way too, or it's just, there's just a lot of things that we can suggest to people and not just be limited in one certain direction. Well, and to tackle on that too, I feel like some people might be quick to give recommendations based on games that, just games that they like to recommend and based on certain genres. But I feel like we try to do our best thinking of the person that and the games that they're looking to play. So the types of games that they play currently and think of what other games are relatable to what they're into right now because they may be a gateway gamer and they may like to play games, but we don't want to all of a sudden throw something insane at them, you know, and totally blow their mind. I think what's really cool is that with that in mind, with us really making note of the things that they enjoy playing, whether they're like really into the hobby or they're more gateway gamers, they re- we really make note of what they're interested in. And I think that they have more of a tendency to reach out to us mm-hmm. and want to get recommendations from us yeah. or are prone to listen to what we have to say or what we've been playing because they want to know what we think of something. Mm-hmm. So like our chiropractor, she, um, her and her family are into games and they're more of a light game player. I would say they play some like ticket to ride and stuff like that, but they play card games and stuff like that. And so we were, we kind of get a feel for the kinds of games we can tell her we've been playing and the games we feel like she will like. And we told her recently about Flapjack Football mm-hmm. because we know that it's, we really feel confident that it's something her family will really, really like to play. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of a sell for her to want to support that smaller publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, cool. yeah, it's it's just cool to, you know, again, to be able to know what we think or be able to suggest what we think would be good for them, you know, mm-hmm. where before be like, you know, well, what about this game? I don't know. <laughs> be like, yeah. we have it, we play it, it's fun, you know, but now we can explain like, oh, you like this deck building game. Here's another deck building game. You're like, oh, here's, you know, here's a um, tile laying game. You like tile laying games? You know, here's this or... Oh, you like this dexterity game? Here's a dexterity game that I really like that I think you'd like. Yeah, and that's what I miss about working from home now is that I don't have that. I would say on a weekly basis, I talk to somebody that I work with about board games because I would say he's more than a gateway gamer. He's he's not as heavy into gaming, I would say, as we are, but he he knows quite a bit of game, quite a few games. So like when we went through our last go through of all of our games to kind of get rid of some of the games that we really didn't play that we didn't really need on our shelves. Um, he was the one that I showed first 
to basically give to him to play. But every week, we would almost kind of catch up to to talk about what we've played that weekend. And it was like I was always telling him about new games and showing him the pictures of the new games we played. And then he'd be like, whoa, what's that? He played Seven Wonders a lot. Yeah. And we don't own that game. I've never played it. And I feel like that's a game that is on like most gamer shelves. Mm -hmm. And I could be wrong with that. I kind of feel like we're maybe missing out on it. And I know you've played it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know that old podcast partner Mike actually has that game. So we played it a few times. And even like, I think more importantly, I think the Seven Wonders Duel is, you know, when it came out was kind of the hotness. But I think, you know, Seven Wonders is a staple that a lot of people have. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that we know that, you know, is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's growth. And it's cool that, you know. We've come to know these things. And again, you're not going to be able to know everything because there's 52,000 board games that come out every minute, you know, and some could be great. Some could be bad. You just don't know. And but, you know, I think we've also grown in the fact where we can kind of see something and be like, okay, that's probably something maybe we weren't, you know, might not be our style. But then there's there's still just like and it's nice, too. There's still some things that surprise us, you know. It's like oh, when, yeah. it's like when you bought that Mercado. Like yeah, I was, I was like, gonna say we just talked about that last episode. Yeah, I was like, well, I didn't know if I'd really enjoy that that much, but I, you know, I'm glad you got it because it was like, holy crap! Or like when we played that, um, when we played um, San Marco that one time at kind of the north, and just one of the random guys that was running the game showed us that. I was like, God, this game is awesome! And of course, too bad we can never find no, it again. I know it's like on eBay for like eighty dollars. I'm sorry, I'm not paying eighty dollars for that, but. You know, it's it's sad. It's sad that it can't get, but it's cool to be able to be surprised about things too. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And then, and then again, some of the games that seem like they were the hotness may not be the hotness for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm not sure what I think about it. I can see it with my eyes right now. Tang Garden was supposed to be like the hotness, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And. I liked it okay when we played it the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't see like super hype on it. No, but we've only played it once. Yeah, and I think more people were excited about the components of how it looks. But yeah, again, just because something's the hotness doesn't mean you can you can think that it's going to be right for you right away. You know, so it's nice to do that sometimes to do that. Yeah, that research. Yeah, and I think we've made progression there because. I feel like at the very beginning of the hobby, okay, not for me necessarily, um, right away because I didn't know where to even buy things, but as I kind of progressed in the hobby, I was one of those people. I feel like I had to have something because it was ranked so high on um, the charts, and now I feel like I, in some aspects, try to do that research. Yeah. Ask other groups or um, poll people and things like that to find out what they feel about the game if they've played it and stuff like that. And I know we've talked about that in past episodes too. I feel like I've come a long way on that. Sometimes I still feel like I have to just get something because I just know it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. But I think that we've come a long way when it comes to that too. Another thing, I think this is a good segue that we've come a long way on is what we do to 
organize our games in the inside. Not just with like broken token inserts or stuff like that, but with like even bags and stuff. Yeah. Or if we get like something from like Hobby Lobby or something like that to kind of, you know, shrink these boxes down instead of having like the one box of the main game and 18 of the expansions, we try to, you know, shrink it up a little bit, you know? Yep. Try to combine it all into one box if that's possible. What? One game. Oh, it was yesterday mm-hmm. when we were playing um, Game of Thrones. Kurt opened the box to set it out and play it. And it was probably one of the first. Was it one of the first games? No. It, but was, it was a. It a, was probably one of the. I mean, the podcast started in 2012 and that game's from 2013. So it's around the first year of it. You know? And um, the tokens and stuff were in a large Ziploc bag. <laughs> Like the biggest Ziploc bag too. It looked like you could put like a human head in there. It was so big for not that many tokens. It <laughs> and was he ridiculous. goes, look at this. And I said, huh. Yeah, because it was just what? Tokens and the little victory markers or whatever mm. they call them. And I went, huh, why do you think that was? And he goes, oh, we probably didn't have a bag. Mm-hmm. Like a, a smaller bag to put them in for the game. And I'm like... Uh, let's change that. <laughs> yeah. And so we put a whole bag of sandwiches in the Ziploc baggie. No, not really. But um, so it's just examples like that. There's no way now we would ever do that. No. We would find a container that we purchased or something like that before we'd. Well, number one, we'd never run out of plastic bags. No. And we've even downsized that. Yeah, we've even recycled baggies because we've had so many darn ones. You know, you look at a baggies in a game, and you're like, why does this have 12 baggies when all you can do, all you have to do is put these in like four, you know? And sometimes they're nice to save, but sometimes it's just like, holy crap. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's nice to be able to, you know, do that whole thing. Like, you know, you know, even with the growing, growing in the you know, what you like and what you don't like. Like, I still, like, some of the games that we were looking at and uh, if something had a trough, like the Fantasy Flight games, you know, you're like, why why do we need that? Why can't you just put a little plastic insert in there? Or, like, even the cardboard insert can be better than just one little thing in the middle and then stuff, you know, cardboard taking up the sides. You might as well just not even have an insert in there, you know? Well, you ridiculous. can't even fit half of the crap in there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to me it's silly. But but again, it's, you know, us getting smarter at making our experiences with board games better because we love it so much. Obviously, because we're doing this podcast still <laughs> 8 years later. So. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool. I I really enjoy how we've grown and now we, you know, again, just all the things that we've talked about, you know, all the uh, again, and I think I already said it, but I, like my favorite thing growing through this board game ride or whatever that we've gone through is like now we know all these people that do these awesome games and produce them and help do with the rule books and they're just awesome people and it's cool to see some things and just be like, I know that person, <laughs> you know, or I played that person's game. I love it and I love that you know I have it and that we've been able to become friends or we've able to, been able to talk or whatever it's just it's been an awesome experience so yeah I'm glad we've grown and another awesome thing is that we get to do this podcast and you guys 
we get to do this podcast and everyone listening, we're just so proud that we get to share it with you. So thank you for listening. Do you want a Kleenex? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to take the water here and I'm splash the water in my eyes. Little teardrops. No one can see you. Nobody can see me, but I'm doing it. I can see you. <laughs> I'm so appreciative. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get in on the conversation, Make sure you head over to our Facebook page, or you can get on, get at us on Twitter at MFGCast or at Mrs. Aug, M R S A U G M O U S E. No, not the mouse part. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just get in the conversation. We're here to talk to you about games because we like it. And let's grow with you. So, thank oh. you for listening, and until next time, I'm Kurt and I'm Tracy, and this was the MFG Cast. Stay safe. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.